episode 173, We Were Gamers. Guys, JJ, Michael, welcome back. Hello. It's another Prime episode. Ooh, that's true. Uh, Ooh. Prime mea culpa for a moment. This is a lot of We Were Gamers podcasts that went up <laughs> this week. <laughs> what? I, what do you mean? <laughs> People that were certainly watching this on our YouTube would, didn't notice anything. That's true. Um... There was a little bit of a snafu, kerfuffle, collapse of my ability to do things right. I don't, I'm not quite certain what happened, but, uh, in a, oh, in a related matter. <laughs> yeah, why don't we talk about why you were distracted? Yeah, yeah, we were a little disrupted because, uh, I only had a day and a half to prep all that sort of stuff after last week's podcast and i didn't do it quite right because we had to get out of town michael yeah indeed we had to go not fall in a big hole in the ground i feel successful considering having taken people like a large group of people and a bunch of children and not one of them fell in and then we heard the statistics of how many people jj fall into the grand canyon every year Okay, so I I wanted to make sure we were talking about the Grand Canyon and not some <laughs> other kind of like horrible anti hole in the earth or something. But, <laughs> no, uh, we haven't gotten to Ava part part two yet. Oh, spoiler alert for later in the podcast. Um, you know, I I bet it's way more people than anyone thinks because I bet that first fall isn't that far, right? Um, like you don't instantly die from that first fall. Um. In there are there are ledges below the main lip, yes, but not everywhere. Right. I, I'm sure there are places you can fall and absolutely will die. I'm not disagreeing with that. But I bet the number is higher than it should be. Am I right about that? Uh, yeah, the number is pretty... You, the number is, is uh, climbing. Of course it is. Because, because I bet people are like leaning out to take selfies or something dumb. There you go. Yeah, exactly. But of course. In 2015, I think it was like 50 people that had fallen in that year. 40 of which were male. Uh-huh. Because people want to like lean over and get that sweet down the canyon shot and then yeah. they yeah. die. But, you know, out of, <laughs> relatively speaking, there's, you know, like 6 million plus people that go to the Grand Canyon and only about 12 that actually bite it after they fall off. Yeah, I mean, that ratio is good. The odds are in your favor, but... That's still more people than should fall into a very obvious hole. <laughs> yeah, really. PSA listeners, don't be that guy. Don't be the actual person that we saw doing exactly the thing that we then turned nine. We took all nine children, pointed them one direction and said, that is the dumbest thing that your daddy has ever seen in his life. Man. As, as a man stood on a rock outcropping that he had to jump to with his selfie yeah, see, stick backing see, towards the, the canyon. That's the part right there. Yep. That's the part. Not going to do that part. But we also saw people doing amazing things like painters that were painting the Grand Canyon, etc. A uh, large group of us went out there as a tradition for, I would say, Michael, it's kind of like a, your work almost. Yeah. Yeah. That's how, that's how we all know each other. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah. It was a fun trip. A lot of car time, though. Woof. Yeah, turns out stuff is kind of far apart in Arizona. And when it, stuff gets rural and there's two-lane highways and they have big crashes, you got to go around. 
Mm-hmm. Two mm-hmm. hours around. <laughs> but you can't than- just like off. You can't just like off road it a little bit. I mean, I could off road it just a little bit, but the cops probably wouldn't like me off roading it a little oh, bit. Oh, the police! Yeah. yeah, always there to ruin everyone's fun. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was apparently three hours before they got it cleared. Oh God! Well, going around was faster. There you go. Arizona does more of the canyon. Yeah, Arizona does have good pizza. We found out. Okay. I mean, pizza is a good thing to have everywhere, so I would be <laughs> disappointed good. if there wasn't bad, if there was only bad pizza. Well, especially if you've been hiking a lot. You know, yeah. there's a lot of hiking oh, yeah. in Arizona. Also, is- breakfast burritos. Oh, yeah, those were good, too. Mm-hmm. The Southwest JJ. of the United States continues to win in every regard there. <laughs> JJ. <laughs> yes. Burrito. Okay. Uh huh. I love burritos. First of all, side of home fries. You've already sold me. You just said burrito, and I'm in. <laughs> it gets better on a okay. plate. Okay, but uh-huh. wet burrito. Okay, I'm less in now. I'm back. But away. but topped with not salsa, but hollandaise. Okay, and this is the eggs and eggs, some form cheese meat kind of thing. Eggs, cheese, pork belly. Okay. Jalapenos. Okay. I want that, but I don't want that hollandaise. That hollandaise is making it bad. I was not on board with the hollandaise. I tried to get it on the side. Yeah. And it came with it on it. Uh-huh. And, and then, um, yeah, it was good. It was, <laughs> it was like one of those things that you have to <laughs> I be mean, forced to try, and then you're like, oh, I wait, mean, let's, eggs on let's eggs. Ex- let's examine it, right? Like, what's in hollandaise? Eggs. It's like <laughs> eggs and like butter, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Probably just that. You're so just it's probably going to taste good. It's probably going to taste good. But the idea in my mind is that's a big no. That's a yeah. no for me, dog. I'm out. <laughs> well, this place had a really good Chipotle homemade sauce, too. Yeah. Everything else about that burrito sounded A+. plus. So if you could put – if they could, if they actually did the side thing, that would be the burrito I want. Yeah. It was, it was pretty good. Solid, man. Yeah. Thank you, Arizona, for a fun time. How long is that car ride, though? Ooh, uh, seven hours? Yeah. Give or take. Depending on how much you're willing to, uh, chance the existence of their freeway speed cameras. (laughs) Oh, man, does Arizona do the, like, average speed camera thing, like England? I believe so. I don't know how they... Uh, tag you for what speed, etc. But I do know the main thoroughfares down in Phoenix have them, and I think there are some up north too. Man, I mean, Michael, you probably saw some driving down through Phoenix. We didn't quite get into Phoenix; we kind of uh, skirted around it. Gotcha. The best way to see Phoenix: <laughs> not be in Phoenix, <laughs> not, not go directly through. Well, that ends the vacation minute. That sounds like it was a good minute, though. It was a good minute. It was yeah, a... I think everybody had a great time, especially the kids. Oh, dude. There was like a... You could stand outside in the nighttime and watch thunderstorms roll by. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that yeah. That was pretty awesome. It was it was legit. There was a fishing pond. That's fun. Yeah. It wasn't as much excitement as for the fishing pond as thunderstorms. You know, in California, we don't really have weather, so... <laughs> We've got fish. Fair. 
fair. We do have fish. We have lots of good fish, sushi, etc. Uh, mm-hmm. we played some Nintendo while we were out there. Heck Spanked yeah. some people at some Smash. Tried a little Kirby out with some extra carrot players. Uh, played some Xbox, etc. But I want to hear what's been going on back here. I know what Michael's been up to, but I want to hear what's going going on here, JJ. What have you been playing? This was one of those rare weekends where I actually got to play games. What? Uh, I know. We uh, we had been away for a wedding previously, so this was kind of our, like, it's time to be done with that for a while <laughs> weekend. Uh, and so... <laughs> just, no, we're not... Somebody calls you like, we're going to have the wedding this weekend. You're just like, no, canceled. Yeah. Look, we're done with that for now. Weekend. <laughs> uh, You're so, running yeah. into the end of the year here. A lot of people don't. I think, what, uh, October is kind of like the last of the weather people are willing to chance a wedding for. Yeah, outdoor weddings for sure, right? Yeah, they move indoors after that. So I, I think our our calendar is, is open, I guess, at this point. But, uh, you know, never say never, I suppose. Ooh, all right. Open calendar. Uh, I like it. But uh, that doesn't mean we're not busy. It just means there's no more weddings on the calendar. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I actually did get to play some games this weekend. And I started a new one, uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Trace Casa? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for folks who don't know anything about this game, uh, think of it as a, uh, tactical battle game and Harry Potter and you kind of just smash them together. Uh, yep. That's where we're at. <laughs> like medieval <laughs> fantasy, Harry Potter, uh, tactical battling game. Okay. You, you're a, a fire emblem aficionado, right? Like I mean, uh, you played three. As are you, Andrew, right? And Michael as well. Did you play these games? Michael? I have never actually played a fire emblem game. Oh man. Okay, Andrew, you've played at least one or two of these games. Absolutely. Okay. I have a Maybe. hard time finishing them. They're very long. <laughs> I, this, yes. The battle system, the classic Fire Emblem battle system, A, incentivizes you to scum, save scum uh, because the permadeath. And uh-huh. also, the game is hard with the tactical wheel of fighting you know, advantage and mm-hmm. things do a lot of damage. And so the battles, especially later on, take quite a bit of time when you're like, I can't let these people die. I have to keep maneuvering into different positions and we're hardly fighting. We're just moving. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that type of stuff happens in the, what I'll call the classic Fire Emblem system, which they kind of are starting to, sounds like maybe move away from, but. I find yeah, other so, tactical games like uh, FF Tactics or uh, Jean d'Arc or those types of systems where they're a little more forgiving to be extremely fun. So, so I think you you specifically will like this one quite a bit. Then uh, that little weapon triangle that used to be the hallmark of Fire Emblem. Uh, I just gave it away right there. I said used to be. Uh, <laughs> it's not not in this game. Okay, uh, what did they replace it so, with? So. Uh, the you know the weapons all have their own various like attack powers and speeds and all this sort of stuff do they still have their attack arcs and stuff where you can like attack two spaces with this or sure some weapons will be able to attack two spaces away some only one that sort of stuff is still there uh but there's not a thing like oh if i attack this lance guy with a sword i am automatically at a horrible disadvantage or, oh, if I attack this uh, sword guy with an axe, I'm at an automatic horrible disadvantage. Right, because by the 3DS one, you're like, anybody that's on a horse with an axe is all that I want. 
Right, because eventually, like you, you know, find the the part of the triangle that you just want to be in, and then you just, you know, make your people unstoppable monsters that attack first all the time, and you always, you know, get door handle it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, without that drawback, you just have to rely on the character's various stats, uh, which are, you know, very similar to the Fire Emblem stats of your. Uh, it seems like there's some changes to how the speed stat works a little bit, so that you're not always like either just getting completely destroyed and you attack, but they attack you first, even though you're attacking them. It seems oh, like basically, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then the like, did they keep the side by side thing where sometimes you get double attacks, or the other person that's next to you might take the hit for you, and all that sort of stuff? Uh, so I haven't encountered any abilities like that one in particular. Uh, but they do eventually allow you to sort of attach characters to other characters so that they can keep gaining experience even if they're super low level. That system had existed before too, right? Where you party them up or create... A version of that system existed before, but like they would add stats onto the main character. Here right. they don't do anything. They just kind of tag along for free experience. Do they count against your total for the battle? Uh, you have a limited number of people that you're allowed to attach and, and those... it changes as the series goes forward or as the game goes forward. But do those attachments like... Fire Emblem also notably, like, you can only bring four people to this battle. Right. Uh, the amount of people you can attach is limited, and the number of units you can bring is also limited. So but attachments the are not people, units. They're not people on the map. They don't do anything. Maybe every so often they'll, like, take an action to heal your guy or whatever, like, random chance-based stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but in true Fire Emblem fashion, right, you want to pair up the people who have the best support levels with each other so that they, like, you know, get along well or whatever. Yeah, man. you got to get them ready to get married and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that there's marriage in this game. Uh, Come but on. I'm it's Fire Emblem. You're, you're playing in a high school? Yeah, you're playing in a high school. Uh, so you're a teacher, oh, yeah. though, right? You're not a high schooler. Yeah, you're the professor? Yeah. Uh, which makes it more awkward, really, I would say. <laughs> I mean, only if you're not setting up the students with each other. Uh, sure, but the game, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm not very far into the game, so I don't really know where it goes. Um, but I can definitely say that it feels like it would be weird to do that. Um, okay. But, <laughs> okay. Fair enough. But, you know, I, I, I hear would, there's a whole bunch would, of things that happen in this game, so who knows? I just feel like it would be very Japanese for the professor to, like, have a side mini game of trying to, like, set people up with each other. Well, there is a mini game where you can have tea with your students. <laughs> Let's talk okay. about getting a so perfect, com- I mean, a perfect tea time. Perf- yeah, <laughs> come on, that's that's you the have same to pick. Thing. Con- you have to pick the conversation topics they're going to be interested in. Are you kidding me? No, this is exactly how it works. There's a tea and- time, and you have to make conversation. Yeah, you're making small talk over tea. Pick a- pick a tea they like. Or or not? It doesn't. It's not clear to me how much the tea you pick affects the uh, the bonus you get out of it or not. But then you can pick the various like you get three selections of three choices of conversation topics, and if they like it, you get like a support bonus. And if you they don't like it, they're kind of just like mm, they don't have much to say to you, <laughs> and then it's like <laughs> awkward. <laughs> okay, now I'm really curious about what this game actually is because first of all, it's three houses, not one professor, and it's also not tea time. So like. But you're a professor at the school. You can go up to kids in the other classes and be like, hey, man, do you want to have tea? And they can say no or yeah. Uh, okay. First of all, leaving that aside to what you would get away with for real. Uh, how does that fit into the gameplay, though? Because, like, don't hmm, – I don't know if we want too many spoilers about, like, what the story is, but – I'm not going to spoil anything. I just am curious 
it doesn't sound like from the design of the game that you play as the professor forever or uh, like, I, why does the professor I, care about what his relationships are? If you're going to pick a house. Well, they, so you pick a house uh, pretty close to the very beginning of the game, like within the first like 45 minutes or something, you okay. do one battle and then you, you will pick your house shortly after that. So it's pretty quick. Um, so you don't get like a great view of all the students and the various people in it, in the, uh, in the school and whatnot before you have to pick, uh-huh. but you do get some kind of an idea. So, you know, like, Oh, Hey, this is the like Holy empire, uh, Holy Knights kind of people. These are the like fun merchant people. And these are the like, uh, stuffy noble kind of Imperial people. Okay. So uh, once you're like lead general of the Hufflepuff, you can only have tea mm-hmm. with the Hufflepuff. No, you can still go because uh, you can then go to the students in the other houses and try to recruit them to your house. Oh, man, you can't put a Slytherin in a Hufflepuff house. Nah, but the, you can you can bring the Slytherin in and be like, you know, what if Slytherin is not that good? And what if, you know, it was time to be in Ravenclaw or whatever? I'm, a, I'm out of my league here. <laughs> and, and then the various students will be like, well, uh, maybe, but like you, like, I really enjoy my current class and plus you, Professor Arch at your writing stat and your magic so uh, i don't want to join you and then you could be like but what if i used all these points in magic and then took a bunch of classes to make my writing skill better and then they're like well wait a minute i could learn so much from you professor of course i'll join your house interesting so then uh, you get the students from your house that you've chosen right like by default and then you can go pick and choose some of the ones from the various other ones there are certain ones you're not allowed to pick from the various other houses like you can't recruit the head of the other house right kind of Probably story reasons for that. I can't say, but it seems like that would be reasonable. Um, and there's like one or two people in each other house that you aren't recruitable. It's not clear to me exactly how that works, but there are definitely some people probably also for story reasons. That you the can't. do not drop list. Yeah, exactly. The do not drop list. Yeah, the, the, will, the will not turn against their house list. Um, but yeah, it's been fun. I've been running around school. So like it's kind of split between two parts of the game. There's a part where you run around the school and sort of do various actions to sort of improve your students' motivation so they can learn better in class. And you can that includes doing tea time stuff and finding random objects and going fishing and doing gardening and all this stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the mini game stuff, uh, you know, go in there and have dinner with your students or, you know, uh, ha- take them to classes or you, the professor, take like faculty classes with the other instructors to level your skills. Maybe that's what's been preventing me from finishing a f- uh, Fire Emblem game is because Fire Emblem mini games were always just like do a different type of battle. Yeah, so there are those also. Uh, you can sort of choose to spend your free days doing battles as well to like level up or whatever. Um, but as far as I can tell, I mean that doesn't seem essential. I guess I should mention the various like difficulty settings and stuff. Uh, I took some recommendation uh, from various people that I know that are playing it, and I played the game uh, not on normal but on hard. However, on the casual setting, so there's no permadeath. Do you lose so, experience when you guys die, though? Or they like just they don't get any for the battle? or uh, They get, as far as I can tell, they keep what they've earned. But uh, obviously, when they're dead, they can't get any more, right? Or knocked out. R- uh, it doesn't say anything. They just, like, disappear, and they come back afterwards. So gotcha. how, do the, how do the two difficulty sliders work, then, and what yeah. do they affect? So the, the first, there's a easy, normal, hard, and I think the... Uh, there's a, a nightmare or a maddening difficulty. Sure. Uh, that is like basically the difficulty of the combat. Okay. And then there is a second uh, unrelated slider that is classic 
or casual. And classic and casual basically control permadeath. And uh, I don't think much else. Uh, maybe like there's some mission conditions or something that get altered based on that because of the permadeath thing. But as far as I can tell, it's basically just like permadeath on off. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and so playing with permadeath off then allows you to kind of just go, okay, like, so I turned the difficulty up from normal to hard because a lot of people told me that normal was extremely easy, uh, especially once you get to like the mid and late game. Like, And if nobody's dying on you. You're just kind of running right. over everything, right? And so then it's like, well, okay, so I want some challenge. So I played it on hard. It was not terribly difficult in the beginning thus far. So uh, that seems to have been a good choice. Uh, I definitely def- had to like think. Uh, and very early on, you also get kind of a rewind time ability um, per battle. Uh, and so, you know, I've definitely had to use those because like I made a play that I thought was good and then immediately got owned by like a bunch of guys appearing out of the walls or whatever. So this is kind of like the... Um- <laughs> What's that mech game that you guys played a lot of? Uh, Into the Breach. Into the Breach Rewind. Oh, yeah. It works very similar. Yep. You can just go like, uh, in fact, it's like a scrolling list all the way back to the beginning of the battle, and you can just scroll back as far as you want. Oh, good, oh that's, good. that's way more forgiving than Into the Breach. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is way better than the Into the Breach one. The difference is you only get limited uses. Uh, they seem to maybe increase as the game goes on, but I'm still early, so I only have like one. um but uh it is obviously extremely useful (laughs) uh but then you know like your guy dies but it's not like that guy's dead forever so next battle you can bring him back and i just like that they basically prevent you from having to wait through a bunch of loading screens to restart a battle and that they know you're going to restart yeah uh so my understanding is that rewind thing also exists in the permadeath mode so it might be more useful there obviously um but i would imagine that the uh like, I've still had people die, and I'm like, well, all right, it's near the end of the battle. I know there's only, like, you know, eight more units or whatever. I can I can soldier onward, and that guy will just catch up next battle or whatever. Uh, yes. It's fun. I think the characters are, are fun. There's definitely, like, people where you're like, oh, this person looks fun. I would like to recruit them into my house. Um, but then I have to work on my professor's skills because he sucks at flying or riding or whatever. <laughs> um, nice. That guy's like a melee guy, so getting the magic users has been difficult. <laughs> It seems like it grabbed you right off the bat here. Yeah, it's very fun. I'm enjoying it a lot. So I look forward to hearing more about that from me in the next few weeks. Speaking of grabbing things, maybe not the best transition. (laughs) But I want to talk about Ring Fit Adventure for a minute. (laughs) Oh, boy. I was hoping this might come up. How could it not come up? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Did you watch the video? It, it was certainly performed by people that were trying very hard to act. Thank you. <laughs> Thank. Did you notice how very clearly they both speak? They, I know, am an actor who performs in commercials. Here is my pronunciation voice. There you go. <laughs> they were both very into pronunciation. So, that aside, because it was actually about halfway through the video, very enjoyable to watch them try to sell me <laughs> ring fit. I was like, yes, put them back on the screen. I want to see them awkwardly hold the leg strap with two hands in front of them. <laughs> but beyond that, I want to know how that 
ring works, like actually works, because it supposedly is some sort of adjustable tension device, but also electronic? I mean, the answer is only Nintendo knows, but it looks like it's some kind of like motion sensitive thing. It, they said also, yeah, it's it's motion sensitive and also, uh, but that you could adru- adjust it for people that are stronger or like, you know, just starting to work out or kids or whatever in terms of its tension as well, which I want to know how they do that with that little ring. That's kind of cool. Is it a resistance band? Then? It looks like maybe, maybe it could, maybe you could switch out. There's a piece maybe you can switch out that is more resistant. That would make a lot of sense if, like, you could change out a piece of plastic to make it less rigid or more rigid. Um, I kind of am interested in a giant bodybuilding dragon adventure. I was just going to say, I'm just sad that the ring isn't big enough that you can use it as a hula hoop. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you probably lose some kind of precision there somehow, but, like, I think the bodybuilding dragon is, like, both the dumbest and the greatest thing I've seen in a long time. Well, the the dumbest and greatest part might be the fact that you squeeze the ring to shoot out air and that's your attack. <laughs> it's like a air Hadouken, you know? Yeah. Well, the battles look cool where you have to, like, pick, okay, I have to do a green exercise to fight the green monsters or whatever. I don't know. I, I think we fit and we fit you lacked a draw to keep you playing the game really beyond like the novelty factor of it i think like that uh i have one of those balance boards here somewhere and not enough games use that and a lot of you had to really be into the Wii Fit to use the Wii Fit whereas this maybe you don't have to be maybe they'll make it interesting enough i don't know i think it's a I think it's a good direction to go because I don't necessarily want to generalize here, but I feel like sometimes the the video game crowd is not always the super enthusiastic about working out crowd. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so making finding a way um, to make working out into a game might be an easier way to get people into fitness as a part of their regular routine and and kids especially 80 bucks not cheap someone will buy this though i might buy I mean, this nintendo <laughs> nintendo found a way to monetize cardboard so yeah yes. there you go for about half the price you could have a labo kit for whatever reason all right well I'm glad we all had the same opinion about the Ring Fit Adventure <laughs> video, at least. The video is extremely amusing. People should watch it. I the product, who who can say about the product? But the video is extremely amusing. At the beginning, I was convinced it was a little bad. And by the end, I was convinced the Nintendo knew what they had made in that video. I I still think that Nintendo, in terms of clever uses of hardware, hands down, wins every time. Absolutely. All right. We teased it at the top. We barely have enough time to get it in because I know it's going to be a long conversation. I think that we are on to part two of Neon Genesis Evangelion, episodes seven through 14. 
or eight through fourteen? Did eight we watch 14? seven last time? Yeah, we did. I seven. think we watched okay. seven last time. Seven yeah. last no, time. whatever. Eight. You could, we could rehash some of it if you want. Do you uh, have you guys figured out what the cruel angel's thesis is yet? Oh, the cruel angel. No, I don't no. think the, so. That's the title of the intro song. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is it actually a thing we should be looking out for? I mean, you should be listening to it every time because it's really awesome to listen to, but I don't have anything <laughs> other than that. Oh, okay. JJ, last time you said that you didn't think that the uh, Christian motif multiple times throughout this show uh-huh. meant much. Yeah. You're a liar. Nope. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, having seen the whole series and you have not, uh, I can tell you that I'm correct. <laughs> My, man... Every single place you look, even when the angels <laughs> die, there are crosses. Yeah, there are. They're talking about and a I'll- dude in the basement of this place named Adam. Yeah, man. Uh, I guess spoilers for all these episodes, okay, right? Okay, like, yeah, up here yeah, at the yeah, top. Yeah, We're yeah. just going to talk about all this stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah, they are. And all the angels are named after, like, seraphim and actual oh, yeah, Christian real. angels Yes, and I stuff. looked up all those names during that recap episode at the end there. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. A lot of them are also from, uh, like, uh, Kabbalistic and, like, uh, Jewish uh, mysticism Yeah, a as lot well. of Apocrypha names. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, but uh, I can go ahead and tell you, other than they sound cool, <laughs> I don't think there's much other import to their, like... Their I'm theology there. I'm convinced that uh, maybe are we saving theories for the end here? We got to work our way through what happens, maybe a little bit. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about it, right? All right. Uh, yeah. Right up top here, we meet the newest Ava pilot, the second children, which the is still, ger- by the way, the, the German children who listens to cowboy music, apparently. Oh, I loved, I loved the German with a Japanese accent. Yes. Yo, all of Asuka's trouble, like, I'm really bad at your Japanese because it's hard to speak and shinji why can't you just think in german this would help me here like <laughs> yeah so ava 2 uh, is what her she's the pilot of ava 2 which is a non-prototype correct the and, first production unit and we learn is not quote-unquote compatible with the other two avas Hmm. yes meaning my guess would be a clone sort of thing not a captured and repurposed angel or whatever the other Avas are. Uh, they certainly haven't shown any kind of intercompatibility thus far anyway, so they I'm did not at too the sure. And at the end of this set of seven. Set, yeah, at this set of things, there's the whole test thing they're doing. Oh, right. Yes, you're uh, right. The cross-interface test. Yeah. Uh, uh, I just want to say, I want to bring Kaji up... Kaji guy is that they introduce here is a terrible person. Let's talk about Kaji, you guys. Gosh. How do we feel about Kaji? He sucks, right? He literally just sucks. Yeah. He's, Obviously, he's, he's doing other stuff on the side later in these episodes that we're supposed sure. to think is important. He's clearly up to something. But he oh, just yeah. sucks. He sucks. Uh, he's he's not good. Clearly, he and uh, the best girl, Misato, have some stuff. They have uh, History. History. Uh, and then Kabi, Kaji is just, like, all into, like, being a jerk every time he sees her and, like, straight, like, real gross behavior. It's it's not good. Yeah. Uh, and especially around Asuka. Ugh. Weird. I, Asuka being the perpetrator of that one, uh, not great. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, do we talk about her on all of these episodes and how pretty much everything she does is kind of... 
on the vein of uh, making me very uncomfortable. You know, uh, she's a kid and she wants people to like her, I guess. All right. I don't have a lot of I can't defend her too much. Well, Um, they they amp it up again uh, later. You know, there's a lot of uh, nakedness again of 14 year olds. Mm -hmm. They seem to amp up now that they have two women. Uh, Anyway, moving on. There's just no attempt. I think with her, unlike a lot of the other characters, there's no attempt to make her a sympathetic character so far. That, I think that's that's what it is that gets me. They and they backtrack on it too because what I thought was pretty cool was like, I guess the second episode that she's in is the coordinated music attack episode. I actually really liked this episode. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> it's really funny that that like episodes like nine through maybe like twelve or thirteen are maybe some of my favorite in the whole series. It's like. Nine is specifically really great for all those moments of like them training, like doing DDR next to each other, and like, <laughs> oh my god, great! <laughs> so I, they kind—I mean, they made her a little sympathetic there, and then they kind of like backed off of that. And like, actually, we need somebody that's kind of not like. Well, I guess so you like the other people. People, she's really like you know her. You know, she's always like telling Shinji what an idiot he is, and yeah. maybe by maybe by the end she is telling him he's an idiot in a like slightly less mean and more kind way, but still not really being nice. Right? Yeah. Just- so after episode eight and maybe a little bit of nine, we enter two or three episodes here of what seems to be more like fillery type stuff, where they try to capture a magma baby angel. Uh. Does that seem fillerly fillery to you? I mean, uh, there's a thing that happens at the end of eight, right? That seems relatively important, where Kaji delivers. Oh, an embryo. The, yeah, it, that it weird an thing an in the case. Embryo, yeah. It's an yeah, embryo. Tugendo. Right? Yeah, I forgot. I forgot to mention that once. And then they try to capture an angel embryo again, Pacific right, in nine, which looks real similar to the Pacific mm-hmm. Rim style delivery. again. Yeah, uh, nine is a really cool episode. I think just in general with all of the like. It's almost like a submarine episode, yeah. <laughs> kind of. It's like, you know, they're diving down into the magma, and it's really like, you hear the sound and all that stuff. I think that's I really also where we cool. learn that the second impact was not an impact, because clearly they tried to bring something up from the middle of the Earth and blew something up. Oh, I think they talk about that in episode seven a little bit. They but yeah, it's like seven, eight, being, and nine. an accident and not. Yeah. Well, because the whole time they're trying to pull that thing up, they're saying, we can't let the accident happen again. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. This is where one of the moments where I thought to myself, okay, there is some biblical stuff happening here where, you know, our, ah, that's a theory for the end. Forget it. Forget it. Okay. Um, And then uh, in episode nine or ten, magically out of nowhere, we get the Magi triple computer. <laughs> oh, they've had it all along. You've seen it in shots of, yeah, of Nerve been, HQ. Okay, but uh, they, they haven't talked they definitely about have, it at they, all. No, no. You definitely get more about the Magi here uh, by episode 13, for sure. 13 oh, well, gets sure. way into it. But then yeah, it, you, hear, you hear about them early on making decisions and that they right. all need to be in agreement. But that's but like... They don't, it, they don't touch on it, so you don't know that it's a computer. I think when they first mentioned it, I thought it was some sort of tribunal. Yeah, like a sure. council or whatever. Yeah. But then... I totally it, had that. Maybe around episode also. 9 or 10, they suddenly are consulting it for everything. They're... Comp- they're plugging it into Ava's all of a sudden. They're like, it's like, whoa, 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 wait. What are these computers all about? Um, 
I thought uh, episode 11, I think, is the one where they have the power outage. Yeah, the yeah. sabotage and the eighth angel shows up immediately. Um, and then all the people, uh, like the, the students are all trapped outside and they have to make their way back into the base. And meanwhile, like Gendo and all the people from the control center are like going down there and pulling on cords to try and like get the Avas ready, you know, to power yeah, them up they, manually, they quote unquote engines. Yeah. Uh, I thought that whole scene was like really cool of like, here's all the, like, you know, the support personnel actually like, you know, instead of pressing the like launch button. They're like yeah. in there, like tinkering on the mech to like you know get it ready. That like, episode and the episode where the support people are helping with the computer problem um, made me very sad. That my theory is that they're all going to die. Yeah, I'm sorry <laughs> that that's your theory. <laughs> Confirmation. Nah, who knows what could happen? Obviously, a lot of things start happening here at the end of this. Right. Uh, yeah. This so I guess so. Uh, the computers, as we mentioned, there's like a problem with them because they're trying to integrate them into the testing. The, an angel, uh, microorganism angel breaks in. There's a little Uh, bit of foreshadowing here. There's three computers and three Avas. Yes. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Hmm. Who can say? I feel like there are more Avas coming. Uh, well, they mentioned there are more Avas coming. There's like up to eight being worked on or something. Yeah, they've, they've talked about the production schedule uh, yeah. with the little council of people there. The Magi, until they opened them up, reminded me of Whopper. Of what? Whopper what? from uh, uh, War Games. Oh, oh. Okay, yeah. You know, and then they have the sure. thing. So I like visually saw that. And then they have the thing where they're like, actually, we need to teach the AI that thermonuclear nuclear war there's no winner you know mm-hmm. and they teach the angel the, that has worked its way into the base that uh, it, the angel can't is win. no they're the angel is all about evolution and it's evolving and they make a statement that says the end of all evolution is death so we have to accelerate its evolution for it to kill itself or which is like kill itself really- or try not to kill itself no, it, it kills itself. That's the whole idea is they uh, want to accelerate its evolution straight to death. So that was my really biggest dark. That was like, my biggest question because I thought they they tried to convince it that it didn't want to evolve anymore and that it would back off because it didn't want to die. And so I thought, huh, so there's just an angel living down there now that, <laughs> that doesn't want to die. Oh, they're that they tried that at first. Right. And then it didn't work. And like they, you know, it, it overwhelmed the other two Magi like mm-hmm. almost immediately. Yeah, uh, you get a lot of stuff here about Ritsuko uh, and her mom, who apparently created the uh, the uh, whole at the whole created magi or magi created. Mm. Yeah, actually, is the magi? Yeah. Wait, ho, oh, who knows? I don't know. There's how do, how do they get so many brains? There's, there's straight up a one. brain in Casper. Well, they they talk well, there's about a brain that. in all of them. Yeah, they, but they they straight up say that she they uploaded her personality into yes, the AI. They imply that they uploaded her personality, and then she so opens the thing, and her brain is in there. Well, I mean, how can you upload a personality into a computer, Andrew? There has to be a brain. That makes perfect sense. Okay, well, um, <laughs> no <laughs> the one. Three pa- support- hold on, the only three parts of her personality, though the woman, the mother, and the scientist. She couldn't be anything other than those. Well, she couldn't also be in three computers with three different brains, so. Something's going upload, on there. If you can upload one personality, why can't you just copy it and, you know... Into, onto other brains? 
I guess. I don't know, but everybody know. in the support crew was not taken aback by the fact that there was a brain inside of the thing. Or that, as like, she was, ins- did they even know? As she was stabbing it with, like, little electrodes, electrodes man, oh, so were, she could reprogram they were, it. They were access ports. Yeah. Yeah, there was making a squishing sound. It's still it's a still brain. It's still a brain. Okay. <laughs> okay. And Michael and I have our sync rate way up right here. Yeah, you guys are, yeah. like... Yeah. Don't uh, you know what? Also, don't, that like don't cross contaminate you guys. <laughs> you should open the EDR. They open the corridor and like there's like 800 notes plastered all around all the pipes and stuff inside, which is not at all weird and scary. Uh, it's terrifying. Yeah, you're just like, oh, this is a death room of like, <laughs> notes. Notes had- from her mother, who is the computer. Yeah. We also find out in the midst of this that Ava One is the most important Ava. Or they say that it is, right? Well, Ikari says that it is, because he tells them to launch it manually right now. Sacrifice the other two if need be. Is it the most important, or is Shinji the most important? Well, well, Shinji Shinji can fly Ava, any of the Avas, as we've discovered, right? And Shinji and all the other pilots had already been ejected from the facility at that point. Yeah. Yeah, and they can't, the Shinji and Rei can't fly... Ava 2, and vice versa. No, uh, Asuka can't fly Ava's 0 or 1, but I think Shinji could fly anything, is what they were saying. You know, the sync rate stuff becomes a big deal, kind of, from here on. I'm really glad that it becomes a big deal, because I've paid way too much attention to it, to it not to be a big deal. (laughs) Yep, sync rate is a thing. Let's get into the sync rate, because apparently Rey has an acid trip, because she got moved into Unit 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And you finally see uh, an unhelmeted, a weird green eye again. Well, you see an wholly unhelmeted Ava, which is clearly a living thing. Yep. Also, uh, dur- is it during that test or is it the test later? This is the one where yeah. Unit Zero goes nuts with Shinji in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, they're like, "Oh no, it the- happened again!" It starts smashing at the window where Ray is standing. Right. Right. Yeah. But Ritsuko is convinced that it's actually after her. But it was clearly after Rei. Oh, I think it's open to interpretation there. Definitely don't have all the facts, that's for sure. (laughs) No kidding. Uh, Of course, there are, in the background of this episode, tons of secret plans in motion that are super vague. Yeah, you can see a lot of people. Sitting at the center of his web. Gendo being Gendo. Yeah. uh, There. I love also that... JJ, you say it doesn't matter, but then again, they're like, the Dead Sea Scrolls predicted this stuff, and you're like, wait. Oh, yeah, man. The Dead Sea Scrolls, they predicted all this stuff. That's true. Yeah. Uh, And at the very end of the episode, you see Rey retrieving the Lance of Longinus. uh, Yes. Which, if y'all are into your Christian mythology, is the spear that stabbed Christ. Except it's like gigantic and mech-sized bigger than an Ava, yeah. I don't know how Jesus held that, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, Jesus didn't hold it. I I mean, his rib cage did. Mm. Maybe, maybe we're going to find out because, yeah. you know, that's you know. where this is heading, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, so you see some, uh, some stuff going on there, definitely, at the end. Also, we skipped over this part earlier, but. There was a time where Gendo actually told Shinji good job earlier in this set of episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like that's probably a rare occurrence. 
Or the only yeah. time it's ever happened. I also like that Thus in far, every one of these episodes, and maybe since the beginning of the series, we've gotten some sort of the odd. The, the, we always have the odds, and the odds are always less than one percent. Oh yeah, like what is the chance that this is going to work? Oh, it's like two percent. Gendo's like, oh, that's pretty good. Let's go. Oh, it's like, like there's no way that there's more than a point oh eight percent chance of success. Okay, do it. <laughs> Like catching an angel falling out of space. Uh, that whole episode was just the silliest thing. <laughs> I mean, synchronized dance attack. The synchronized dance attack stuff actually I thought was really cool. Um, whereas the like, let's all stand together and unite our power <laughs> to throw up one giant AT field was kind of While dumb. the Eve, while one of the Avas rips open the AV field, the AT field with its hands. Well, they've already yeah. set up that as something that the Avas can do. Right. Ava one did it when he was berserk, and now they can just do it. Yeah. Okay. They, what they can do when they're berserk, they could do when they're not berserk. It doesn't yeah, make they can they can learn from it if I the guess. kids are smart. Good point. Or uh, willing. I do have to say that I've become quite annoyed by that cicada sound that happens anytime they're outside. The true sound of summer, right there. How else you supposed to know that they're outside and not just underground, Andy? Ooh, he got you because the geo front, bro. They were. I mean, who cares about the geo front? Ikari doesn't. So why should I? <laughs> Do you guys even understand what the geo front is? It's they a, don't make it very clear. It seems I mean, to be a cavern. It seems to be a giant cavern underneath Tokyo Three that is like that has miles and miles it. deep with an inverted pyramid underneath it. Yeah. Yes. It's kind of weird. It is. How weird. did it get there? How did no one notice? Hmm. There Ooh. was a. Uh... They talk about how many layers of armor it has. <laughs> it's like forty layers of armor or something during that one episode. I just think the idea is hilarious. Go ahead, Michael. Uh, speaking of things that are below the surface, there was a moment that I really liked in one of the episodes, uh, the one where they're on the battleships. And Asuka gets dragged under, and the angel basically plows through the underwater city. Oh, where you see oh, the yeah. submerged you Tokyo? The, yeah, the, the submerged Tokyo. I just thought that was a nice touch, right? Rather than just having it plow across the ocean floor, just a reminder that, oh yeah, the polar ice caps melted and flooded the world. Right, because they're in Tokyo three, and now you, you know, you never thought about where Tokyo one was, but now you know, right? Well, first, first part of that that's so cool is the uh, sinking of the battleships into its mouth. Yes, Listen, <laughs> that was a, that was a, that was literally a sweet move. <laughs> but I think that leads into one of the things I wanted to talk about, where I think JJ is wrong, is that uh -huh. they mentioned multiple times through here about how the world has been destroyed and all this sort of stuff. And you're starting to find out more and more about the second impact. Yeah. And when you see the flooded city, it reminded me earlier on that they said that half the population died. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. bad stuff happened in the second impact. It's the rapture. Uh, you think that the Im the impact was the, the end of the world? Or, basically, you know, the supposed end of the world. Yeah, well, basically, they've gone through what is biblically the rapture, right? Like, half the people are dead, and the last half are are sent are, are set to live in the world that is slowly destroyed, right? Which the angels are starting to do. And okay. Continuously okay. Cont attacking 
only Tokyo 3. <laughs> now, why would that be? Who can say? Do you think that there's a motive there, or are the angels just, like, kind of mindless Oh, monsters? no, we've already discussed that part last they have, time. They have a certain set of Clearly, skills. they're headed uh-huh. after something. Yeah. Uh, which would, obviously, we're guessing now is this Adam project, right? Obviously. I mean, whatever that thing in that case was certainly seems like it was a big deal. They made a big deal out of it in that scene, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, but they were attacking Tokyo before that thing showed up, so there's something else going on there. That's also true. Yep. Um, I don't know that I have any new, new theories. I still think Ikari may be his quote-unquote dad, but... Yeah, we, oh, Gendo. Gendo may Shinji. be Shinji's dad, quote-unquote, but uh, uh. much like Asuka had a handler and she cries about her mother in her sleep, uh, Ray clearly has no family, they've said. Uh... Shinji may not be well-loved because he may not be his actual son. Okay. I think that's, uh, there's certainly evidence to support that here. Gendo not being very fatherly, that's for darn sure. But, I don't know. I don't know that I got any new, new theories out of these episodes, which is why I thought, the the only thing that really starts to stand out is that the, to me it stood out that the Christian mythology has started to become very heavy-handed. They certainly use a lot of it, that's for sure. Well, especially during the recap episode where you're like, okay, yes, they named all the angels. Okay, good. Uh, all all those names for the angels were in the original episodes too, but they would like flash on the screen, computer screen or something and you would, if you if you were going like frame by frame, you would see it, but you would never see it if you're just watching, you know, casually, you're reading the subtitle or listening, seeing the actual center of the action, not reading the computer screen off to the side. I don't know. It's so, Michael to It you. was a recap, but to you, I mean, to me, was this the same for you that the most interesting part of this is the end of it where you're f- like the Ava flips out and you're kind of like, okay, now we're going to find out what's going on. Yeah, um, almost more than that to me, maybe was the the all of the things that this seems to set up like this last episode 14 definitely felt kind of like a turning point in the story. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they set up the there's definitely more there's more alive about the Avas than anyone has has been led to believe but there are also a whole bunch of other things in the works um that are kind of about to be revealed i guess uh yeah so i think 14 is definitely like stuff's about to kick off you can tell right yep yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of like, oh, well, Kaji's doing something and Misato is, has her episode about the second impact and you're kind of like, you get her better. Ritsuko, you got to know better because of the, you know, they had an episode for everybody basically. Like the first bunch of episodes were for Shinji because he's been now reinforced as the most important. Did we get Misato's backstory in this set of episodes? Yeah, where the whole uh, second. Okay. You can kind of see why she has some issues. Yeah, maybe. That's a pretty messed up way to to get out of a disaster. Literally, I think dad. it's pretty amazing that they had that many families and stuff near such an apocalyptic accident. Well, one assumes they didn't intend for it to be an apocalyptic accident. One assumes. 
I guess we can't put anything past Gendo at this point. Again, apocalyptic accident. If there's any sort of Four Horsemen references coming up in the next few episodes, it's 100% the rapture. <laughs> Just saying. Well, we only have three Avas so far, so. Oh, you think that. the Avas are? Well, you already would know if the Avas are the Four Horsemen. Oh, I mean, you know, maybe there are four angels that come at once or something. I don't know. Um, I mean, I do know, but I'm speculating for your benefit. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, uh, I, I think by the end of episode 14, there, like, yeah, I had a lot of questions in this, right? It was like, man, I really want to know a lot of things here. And there aren't, you know, there's only 26 episodes and, uh, <laughs> I'm Guys, glad. we need to we need to I'm, talk about some stuff. Let's get to the answers here. <laughs> I'm a little weirded out by the sudden-ish introduction of the Magi, but I'm glad for episodes 13 and 14, because if this was like, without the sync stuff and the and Shinji, you know, being inside Zero when it goes berserk and all that sort of stuff, like, we'd have, we'd have Gundam Wing Light if we didn't have this stuff coming at us at the end of these episodes, right? Sure. You kind of can okay. see the epi- the series almost falling into, like, the monster of the week kind of thing. You know, where, like, Definitely. episodes like 8 and 9... Uh, 8 has a little more, like, overall plot moments, but, like, 9 and 10 and 11 and even uh, 12 are kind of just like, here's the random monster that we're fighting this week, guys. Yep. Yay! Yep. Even if they are some of the most fun episodes, I think, like, there is some... Like, it, the Magma Diver episode is just really cool. That episode where the power is out is really fun. And even uh, episode 13, we just get a lot more of the, like, the support staff and Ritsuko and stuff that we didn't get in the previous ones. Um, you know, so but it definitely does feel a little kind of like, all right, we're just kind of spinning our wheels here, waiting to get to the end game where we get to the cool stuff, right? Sure. No new theories on my end, I don't think. Michael? Um, if I threw, if I had anything else to throw out, I might say that a rift forms between the Ava pilots at some point, maybe not of their own choosing, given how much, um, control Shinji's father has over, uh, over Ray. That seems like a reasonable guess. Teenagers being notoriously moody. Oh, but that would, so to me, that means then that there's a split between Gendo and Mitsuko, kind of like, and people start to pick sides. Oh, you mean like people choose, like, oh, like, we're going to be within loyal nerve, to- like, there's a split because people start to like, understand what's happening. Well, and, they, you know. they set that up though, right? When Misato, um, stops the, uh, meltdown of the Ava, and she realizes that the only way that it could have happened is if somebody had programmed it to happen. Yeah. She realizes that she realizes that she's been set up and something's going on. Well, and there's a moment where her and Ritsko are in a red room talking to each other after a lot of this stuff has gone down, and maybe they're starting to be a little cold towards each other. Well, it's clear that Ritsuko knows some stuff is going on, and has not told Misato and has kind of decided she doesn't not on the need to know basis here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ritsuko was in on whatever happened with the, the battleship. Oh, sure. Or not the battleship, but the, uh, the yeah. nuclear reactor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Got to protect your investment. Yeah, um, I like it. I'm into it. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely eager to watch more. Sweet. Okay, so uh, no spoilers in the email, but if you want to get hype with us about Evangelion 15 through... Maybe we stop at 20. 20? Okay. Yeah. Okay. 15 through 20. Six and six. Okay. That's too fast. That's only six. I'm going to finish those in a night. You need to stop at six. You need to stop at 20 or else we are going to go... The next good stopping point is no. So you should stop at 20. <laughs> okay. All right. 15 through 20. And then maybe we'll do the last ones uh, after that or something. We'll Sounds see. good. We'll continue to do this at the end of episodes where we talk about games and then multimedia stuff like Netflix has going on. You know, don't watch that. Uh, don't watch that Ultraman show. Don't. Don't give that clicks. I tried. It's not, not good. I've still watched a couple episodes of One Punch Man. That seems good. Oh, dude. We gotta talk about One Punch Man. Michael has to finish this first, I think, before he can watch yeah. One Punch Man. You both need to finish this first before we talk about anything else. Okay. We'll get there. <laughs> All right. If you liked One Punch Man, email us at... <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's going to be podcast at weweregamers.com. And subject line, One Punch Man Rules. Talk about your see. favorite monster from One Punch Man, and JJ and I will both respond to you. <laughs> yes. Uh, also, uh, you can follow us on Twitter uh, at We Were Gamers, also at We Were Gamers on Instagram and on Facebook. Check us out all those places. Uh, and these episodes, these very episodes, will go up on YouTube. If you search for We Were Gamers on there and hit the subscribe and uh, little notify button on there, that will be a great boon to us. And sometimes you might even get the episodes early, unbeknownst to you <laughs> and me, <laughs> unbeknownst to everyone, really. So, you know, that's a that's a little treat for you YouTube subscribers. Man, I can't believe we jacked it up that bad. And by we, I mean I. Yeah. I was just watching too much Evangelion. Yeah, it was too good. That was the problem. Yeah, something got into my computer. I think it was an angel. <laughs> you, your system was system was, was being overloaded. It was corrupted. It was in the corruption zone, according to the. Oh yeah, you lost. You lost all three matchai. Yeah. It was my computer was weak to ozone, and then it evolved. <laughs> the the RAM, the CPU, and the holy video card all together didn't unify their power, <laughs> or something. <laughs>